0: The Bible is the true word of God, right? Wrong. Contending for the Faith is a five-episode series designed to edify and empower believers globally. Join your host, Nikasee Smith, author of It's Time to Prosper, on the Book Lover podcast, as she unravels mysteries from the Bible that will put all heretic and philosophical theories to rest. Before we dive in, remember, You can visit allabout-thegospel.com for the written versions of these episodes. While you're there, be sure to subscribe so you won't miss out on future posts. Now, let's dive right in. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share with your people what you have placed in my heart. I pray that they'll receive clarity and deeper knowledge of you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're doing this series contending for the faith. But before we get started, I just want to say this. In our country, we have this saying, too many cooks spoil the broth likewise too many translations cause major misconceptions i strongly believe that it's the major factor for so many denominations in the body of christ today we are separated because of diverse doctrines why am i saying this i have personally read quite a few verses from different translations and noticed vast differences so we have to be very careful with some of these Bible translators because they tend to paraphrase and comment, thus shifting us away from true doctrine. So what do we do? How do we detect what is true or false? The answer to these questions is the Holy Spirit. John 16 tells us that the spirit of truth will teach us and guide us to the truth. Now, if the truth was all around us, He wouldn't have to lead us. But because many false teachers have gone out to deceive the church with false and traditional doctrines, the Holy Spirit is here to guide us and to teach us all things. And I'm sensing that some of our trusted apostles and pastors are not intentionally preaching heretic sermons, but because they too have been swayed by these translators, because they too have failed to rely on the Holy Spirit for help. You see, the Holy Spirit knows how to navigate through the lies and the half-truths and the distorted doctrines to lead us to the truth. Proverbs 36 says that he will prove anyone to be a liar who dares add to his word. What too many people don't realize is that the Bible is a book of mysteries, and unless you are led there by the Spirit of God, you could not possibly get to the truth. So anyway, we are going to start things off with a question that is least asked in the church today, and that is, what is the Bible about? This may seem like an odd question because very generally even unbelievers know that Jesus came on a rescue mission to save a world gone wrong. In Luke chapter 7 verse 20 John the Baptist sent his messengers to inquire of the Lord as to whether or not he was the one. During this inquiry Jesus reminded them of what they have seen and plainly identifies himself as the one and only solution for the world. Now, the question as to whether or not he was the one has been fully realized by these men who went back bearing witness of what they have seen and heard. So it is crucially important for every believer to have an accurate understanding of the rescue mission story the Bible has told and to have that you must ask yourself one question. What caused the world to go wrong in the first place? If you only realize the answer to this question, you'll know that the Bible is about a spiritual warfare for a kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. So Lucifer revolted against God because of material possessions. What is the very thing that the world is after today? Material possessions in the wilderness satan offered jesus the kingdoms of the world was his action random absolutely not he did this because he fell as a result of his material possessions so satan is not merely after our wealth he is offering it to you in luke chapter 4 verses 5 to 6 we see that Now material possession is a distraction strategy the devil is using to influence God's creation in the earth. It worked on Eve back in the Garden of Eden. She joined his rebellion as a result of this strategy and now we are all targets. So we are going to look at the fall of Lucifer and in doing so we are going to go deeper than normal. I know what I'm about to say. will perk your ears a whole lot, but I'm not saying this to get your attention. I'm saying this because it's true. So if you're standing, I strongly suggest that you grab a seat and while you're at it, grab a notepad, a pen, and make sure you have your Bible because you would need to follow along very closely to grasp what I'm about to say. So here we go. The devil was not created by God. This is made plain in John chapter 8, verses 44. Let's go there. And it reads You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. Now, you can just underline the words resources, own resources, just for reference. Now, for he is a liar and a father of it. So Jesus refers to the devil as the father of lies, which indicates the beginning. In other words, sin or evil originated from the devil, not God. Go with me to First John chapter 3, verses 7 to 12, and it reads, Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose... The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he has been born of God. The Imperative Love Verse 10 In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest, Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is a message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. So this text clearly states that no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. Just as God is the originator of good, the devil is the originator of evil. When the Bible said that the devil was a murderer from the beginning, it's not indicating that God created evil, but rather because the devil instigated the very first murder, and that is found in verse 12. To believe that God created the devil is to believe that God wants us to sin. I'm going to show you that this line of thinking is incorrect. But first let, let me say this, having the wrong concept of God's nature will produce negative emotions towards him. God's nature is clearly expressed in Jeremiah 29:11. get this. God's plan towards you is not of evil, but of good. So God can do all things except evil. Every act by God in the old covenant was to get rid of sin, to destroy sin, never to tolerate it. He was righteous in his judgment against sin. Now I'm going to show you that God's creation was flawless. So go with me to genesis chapter 1 verses 31 and it reads then god saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good so the evening and the morning were the sixth day and genesis 1 1 tells us that god created the heavens and the earth. Although the Bible was not specific about the creation of angels, we understand that they were created in the six-day period of his creation along with, with God's other creation. So let's go to Exodus chapter 20 verse 11. And it reads, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. And rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Also let's go to two other texts Isaiah forty five, twelve. And it reads I have made the earth and created man on it. My hand stretched out the heavens and all their hosts I have commanded. And let's go to Psalms, chapter 33, verses six. And it reads, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Okay, so now we're going to go to a verse that many people have read incorrectly, which is probably the reason for this misconception of God's good nature. So let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 16. And it reads, For by him all things were made, all things were created, that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. So, our key words in this text are principalities and powers. Maybe for, for generations we have believed that principalities and powers mean demonic forces. I myself have believed that for a very long time, So, but I want to correct this misconception by saying that these two terms mean no such thing. But before we go to this To these definitions, let us examine the purpose of Jesus' death on the cross. Let us go to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 16. And it reads For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of works, and not of, of yourself, sorry. It is the gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, brought near by his blood. So you can underline these words here, brought near by his blood. Verse 11, Therefore, Remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Here we see these words again. Christ, our peace. Verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. You see, I grew up hearing this song, who has broken down every wall. He is my peace. He is my peace so i've never understood the meaning to be apart from evil forces because i always envision the wall to be evil forces by the enemy but here in verse 14 it said that he broken down the wall of separation and verse 15 having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the Law of Commandments in the ordinances. So you can underline Law of Commandments. So as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross therefore putting to death the enmity. So, there were laws and regulations separating Jews from Gentiles. Remember the woman at the well? She knew that there were laws in place separating them from the Jews. But Jesus assured her that this practice will change very soon. And of course, he was referring to his death. Which had eventually abolished the law. So, the death of Jesus reconciled us to God as one people, removing the barriers that separated us, which was the law. Go with me to Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 to 15. And it reads, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, you can underline against us, which was contrary to us, and he taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. By stating that principalities and powers were disarmed in his text, the Apostle Paul used the pronoun them, which is attributed to the handwritings, as we read earlier. This is attributed to the handwritings of the requirements. So therefore, Principalities and powers in this context are not the devil and his demons. We see that they are the handwritings of requirements. Now, I think by now you should be clearer that principalities and powers are not demonic forces, but rather laws of commandments or handwritings of requirements. This blends in nicely with our base text, Colossians 1.16 which stated that God created principalities and powers because we understand that God being good did not create evil. The origin of evil is the devil, who was once Lucifer, a beautiful angel that God created. So God created beings, man and angels. And these beings have the nature of free will. We know this because other angels followed Satan. Revelations 12, 3-9, and I'm just quoting here, 2 Peter 2, 4, and Matthew 12, 24. So God being sovereign, yet yet his created beings are not robotically controlled by him. He gave us the power to choose. So Lucifer chose to devise evil in his heart. And that's how Satan come into play. So Lucifer divides evil in his heart. Proverbs chapter 23 verses 7 tells us that we become what we think. We become what we think in our hearts. Okay, so now let's look at this popular text for, for more clarification. Let us go to Ephesians chapter 6 verses 12. And it reads for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities but against powers but against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places now the apostle paul gave us a list of things that we wrestle against right after he warned us that we are not fighting against each other and these include principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Now it's not rocket science to recognize that spiritual wickedness in high places is actually demonic forces and rulers of the darkness are actually Satan and his demons. But what exactly are principalities and powers? seeing that the apostle paul already ascribed spiritual wickedness to demonic forces could it be that he warned us twice about the same thing or principalities and powers actually carry their own meanings well let's let's pause a little bit and get to the bottom of this okay let's go to titus chapter 3 verses 1 and it reads put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers to obey magistrates to be ready to every good work now if you read all three chapters of the book of titus you would know that the apostle paul is admonishing titus seek out people who are serious about talking the talk and walking the walk. Not just Christians by name only but Christians by nature also. So here the Apostle Paul is instructing Titus to make sure that the people are subject to principalities and powers. But why would he do that if principalities and powers are demonic forces? We need to get to the bottom of this fast. But before we do, let us bear in mind, principalities and powers were created by God. I think I've said that a lot of times. So principalities and powers were created by God. According to our base text, Colossians 1.16, remember? So we've already established that God being good couldn't possibly create evil. Now this leaves us with one last And true option which is the law the law is holy according to Romans chapter 7 verse 12 therefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good law cannot save sin and the law was created by God Romans chapter 7 chapter 13 verse 1 let every soul be subject unto the higher powers for there is no power but god the powers that be are ordained of god but the law is a threat to our freedom which is why we have to wrestle against it to maintain our freedom in christ go with me to 1 corinthians chapter 15 verses 56 The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. I'm just going to read this again. The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. So Satan is using the same good and holy law against us because sin is powered by the law. Let's look at this other text. Galatians chapter 4, verses 3 to 5. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem, to redeem them that were under the law that they might receive the adoption of sons. So here in our Ephesians text, we see that the first level of warfare we have to fight is against the law of requirements the the law of commandments so i mentioned earlier that satan is using the same good and holy law against us because sin is powered by the law in other words the law shows us our sin and we are encouraged to make it right so satan gets his victory when we try to make it right. Because by doing so we are denying the sacrifice of Jesus who through his death have met all the requirements of the law for us. The law has unattainable standards that we are unable to reach. And so because we are unable to reach such standards, the the result is death. But thanks be to Jesus who met these standards with overwhelming victory so that we who believe in him are acquitted from all charges. But this freedom position that we have can easily be compromised if we slip back under the law. So this is why the Apostle Paul warned us to prepare us for the battle against principalities and powers, the very first level of warfare, which is deemed the greatest because the struggle is in our minds the struggle is in our minds against the flawless law of god while satan and its evil forces are external working in collaboration with the law amen so we are going to be looking at the fall of lucifer so in these two texts you'll see how satan how Lucifer was distinguishing beauty from the other angels and therefore thought that he should be worshipped instead of worshipping the God who created him. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 13 to 17 and it reads, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared thee in the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have said thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thee. By multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Now let's go to another text Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. And it reads How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down? To the ground, which didst weaken the nations, for thou hast said in thine heart, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heavens, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. So Lucifer revolted against God. And as as a result of his fall, Satan decided to influence God's creation in the earth to join his rebellion against him. Unfortunately, his deceiving tactics have caused Eve to join in on his rebellion. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 to 13. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, He shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, He shall not eat of it, neither touch it, lest he die. And the serpent said unto the woman, He shall not surely die. For God would know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as God's knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said the serpent beguiled me and I did eat so there we see the enemy Lucifer Satan actually deceived Eve and Adam as a re- revolution against God he revolted against God so he's intended to destroy God's creation in the process so we're gonna look at two important events here and it's God's threat and Satan's threat against God. So God threatened Satan. The first one here we're gonna look at is God threatened Satan. This text is clearly revealing God's displeasure for Satan's action. This, however, is the threat of God's fury to and plan to destroy Satan once and for all. So let's go to Genesis three fourteen to 15. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now let's go to Satan's threat. Satan threatened God. The following passage seems to indicate Satan's ignorance of God's omniscient nature, the fact that he still chooses to ignore God's clear warning of Job's character and went after him anyway with full force. So let's go to Job chapter 1 verse 6 to 11. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Do Job fear God for naught? Has not thou made an edge about him and about his house and about all that he had on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hand and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he had and he will curse thee to thy face. So this is Satan telling God to put forth your hand against Job and he will curse you to your face so we're gonna go to job chapter 1 verses 22 which is the record of satan's failed attempts and it reads in all this job sinned not nor charged god foolishly so certainly job was not gullible as satan presumed he has clearly and consistently kept the faith despite all his challenges but In spite of Satan's failed attempts to get Job to rebel against God in the past, today he is still continuing to revolt against God by going up and down in the earth, seeking to devour his creation. Now, the following text reveals Satan's agenda quite clearly. We are not to assume that he gives up easily. On the contrary, he is very persistent to destroy God's creation. And let's go to first Peter chapter 5 verse 8. And it reads Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Thank you for joining me on the Book Lover Podcast. I hope to see you on the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, and share with your families and friends. I hope you learned a great deal and stand firm in the faith of Jesus Christ. Until next time, God bless you.